0: Welcome to End of the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We are taking your calls. The number to join us is 877 in time 877-363-8463. I have wonderful news. We have met our goal with the Match Campaign in June. It's been a wonderful month. You all have stepped up, and uh, we had a very generous partner say they're going to donate all the donations up to $50,000, and we've met that goal as of yesterday, and so uh, we're very excited. Now, we've left it open in case anyone wants to continue to contribute to it. And so uh, you're welcome to do that at endtime.com slash 2X or call one 800 endtime 1-800-363-8463. But thanks, uh, thank God that um, that has been met. So we're really excited about that. Um, also, I guess before we move on to what we're talking about, Doug, I, I want to remind everybody that I'll be in Ivanhoe, Texas this Sunday. Ivanhoe, never been there, but I hear it's a great place. Wonderful people.
1: Oh
0: yeah. Going into my Trump, getting ready to get my Trump impression, but uh, Ivanhoe, Texas is where I'll like be. To hear that well, sometimes. I'm not very good at it. Oh, but okay. Gotcha. When I said a great place, wonderful people, it just started to yeah. kind of brew inside of me. I, I hear it. Um, but I'll be speaking at 4 p.m. It's actually a three or four day uh, tent revival uh, started last night. And mm. so it's, continu- it's continuing this evening, Friday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Wow. So there's a lot of different speakers. There's a lot of different events. They're going to have fireworks. I think snow comes. There you uh, go. You never Very know. Cool. Um, but you can go to endtime.com slash events to learn more about the venue and the exact time. They are asking everyone to RSVP. So if you're in the Oklahoma and North Texas area, I'd love to meet you up in Ivanhoe. Go to endtime.com slash events to learn more. Do you know what you're going to talk about yet? You know, I think I know, but okay. we'll see. There's you nothing to to get, you don't out. want
1: to tell nobody Any, real, uh, You know, it's like no, the few people that might want come to come, maybe
0: that'll discourage <laughs> them, you know. Like, <laughs> I keep it, you. it to myself for now. Okay. Um, Doug, we're going to talk about the red heifer today, mm-hmm. the coming peace agreement, and this temple that's going to be built. Right. And how it's all kind of tied together. Yeah. Why in the world should I care about a red heifer? Right. I mean, that's a good question.
1: And, of course... It's really neat because we kind of have uh, ties to it uh, with some of the people that are involved in this here at Intime. Dave knows some people personally and uh, and was able to actually go out and look at the actual red heifers that yeah. they're talking about in this article we have today.
0: we got photos of them. We did a whole feature of it in Intime Magazine. Yeah, which is available for download at end of the age plus, com. There Check you go. Out. Very good. And so, I mean, you know, really, um, as far
1: as we're concerned... The exciting thing about this is it's part of prophecy. We know that there's going to be a third temple built. Uh, we know that the red heifer is an important part of that and that they've been looking for a red heifer for quite a while. Uh, Pastor Baxter talked about it many times. There were situations that came up where they had some red heifers that they thought would uh be kosher and then they ended up having blemishes and they didn't work out. So uh, now we have quite a few of them that are coming from the state of Texas and not just Um, Texas in general, I mean, they're looking statewide, yes, but uh, right here close to us, close enough to where Dave was able to take some of our uh, listeners and partners with him to go and see these red heifers at one point and actually uh, get to, uh, I believe, didn't they have a Zoom call with some of the rabbis and they actually got to talk with some of these rabbis and ask questions to the rabbis. So
0: They did. Oh, and yeah. we, we have, um, I think, video footage of it that we've yeah. shared before, but yeah, that was, was over thinking. when it was in, I think it was Carrollton, Texas, is yeah. where they brought the heifers to or at least a few of them and um, from what I understand, they were um, in Comanche, Texas, mm-hmm. or some people call it, Comanche, um, the, real, the real preppy people around okay, Dallas. Okay, I was about to say, know. I got gotcha. you. But uh yeah. <laughs> that's how you pronounce it. No,
1: I think it's Comanche. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, interesting article because this came out in uh, Israeli uh, news today. It, it's actually a story from, I guess it's actually from yesterday, their time. Uh, but it's interesting because it's very relevant and um, important that uh, you know this is one of the elements that they're looking for for the rebuilding of the third temple.
0: So, if they have a red heifer, does that signify that we're in the final 7 years or that the Antichrist is about to be revealed or there's going to be a third temple any day now? What what is what will that do for us? Right. So, of course, we know that there's there's one
1: clue in the Bible that allows us to understand that there's going to be uh, that agreement that comes when there's going to be a peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians. That's actually how we know the final seven years are going to start. When we see that agreement between those two and we see uh, the Jews be able to have access to the Temple Mount for worship and to rebuild their temple or to build their third temple, not rebuild, but to build their third temple, there on the Temple Mount, and a sharing arrangement take place. So we know all this from Scripture, and we'll get to some of those Scriptures um, later on as we go through this article, but uh, the thing about it is that's what we know. We don't know that, I mean, this doesn't signify that, hey, the seven years have started because they may have found a red heifer. They still don't know for sure that these existing red heifers will stay kosher long enough, but they've got quite a few to to look at and so it's closer than I believe they've been in quite a while
0: so that doesn't the red heifer discovery it when there is one mm-hmm. won't necessarily mean anything that we can track biblically yeah but there is a peace treaty mm-hmm. does that have any significance yeah
1: absolutely that peace treaty has a lot of significance and and really the the whole thing with Uh, The red heifer is, it's a a cleansing ceremony that they need this red heifer for. And so uh, Numbers 19 talks about that. It gives you uh, the instructions that God gave Moses about what they needed to do with this red heifer to purify not only uh, the area, themselves, the priest, and all of Israel. So that's why they're looking for this red heifer. The peace agreement is a whole uh, other thing altogether where... We're seeing things in the news that they're moving closer towards something like that too. They're they're using keywords that we understand, like two state solution, when they mm-hmm. talk about it. So uh, we're going to get into all that
0: today and be able to kind of break
1: it down as we go through it.
0: So the peace treaty is significant, and then the third temple. When mm-hmm. there's a third temple, does that mean something significant is going to happen? Absolutely. That third temple is really.
1: Uh, the key to everything because we know that once those sacrifices start and the worship starts in that temple, Bible tells us three and a half years into that final seven-year period, the Antichrist will stop those sacrifices and he will set himself up
0: to be worshipped as God. So the Antichrist will be here when the peace treaty signed and when the third temple is built. Yes. So if the Antichrist is here, we'll be gone, right, because the rapture happens before all that. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, that's not what the Bible teaches, Vince.
1: So well, that's what a lot of That's what a lot teach. of people believe, yes. Okay. Yeah. But so, that's
0: not true. No,
1: that's not true. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. So my, my, my. we can talk about scripture that tells us that as well as we go through this, uh, through this show today. I'm sure we
0: will. I'm sure um, <laughs> some people will have some thoughts to share regarding that. So well, yeah. stay tuned. We've got a very interesting show prepared for you today. Don't go anywhere. You can give us a call and be on the show call 1-877-END-TIME, 1-877-363-8463.
2: Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy go to intime.com/future or call 800 intime that's 800 363 8463
3: Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
0: Welcome back to Into of the Age. Vince DeGaul here with Doug Norvell. We have open lines at 877-NTIME, 877-363-8463. Now is the time to share this video Uh, Send your friends a link, however you want to do it. If you're on Facebook, hit the share button, hit the heart icon. If you comment, that helps us out a lot as well. Today we're talking about the Red Heifer. We're talking about the peace treaty that's coming and the coming third temple that will be in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. Um, These are very significant events that will help us identify where we're at in God's prophetic timeline. And everybody needs to know what this stuff means in the Bible because it's going to be very significant In that timeline, and it's going to help us be prepared for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so you need to know about it. Your friends need to know about it. Everybody needs to know about it. So that's what we're talking about today. I do want to remind you again that I'll be in Ivanhoe, Texas this Sunday at 4 p.m., but it's a uh, United in Freedom tent revival. It's several days. They actually started last night, and they'll go through Sunday. So there's a lot more going on than just the slot that I'm speaking in, but uh, if you'd like to come out, I'd love to meet you there. And also... I forgot to mention this in the first uh, segment, but our very own Doug Norvell will be speaking in, what's the city, Gladewater? Gladewater, Texas. Gladewater, Texas, um, Sunday morning. And I wish we had that info soon enough to add it to the website, but just found out about it this morning, I think, at least the details.
1: Yeah. So tell
0: everybody, Doug. Well, I mean,
1: it's not really a big deal at all, Vince. I'm just kind of teaching a... A Bible study there on Sunday morning and the ten o'clock hour, and of course we're having our big celebration Sunday for the Fourth of July and freedom and everything, but I will be speaking from uh ten to ten forty five somewhere in there and uh, that's at our church, Abundant Life in Gladewater, Texas. That's at 409 Money Street in Gladewater. Money Street. That's quite a name for a church. Right. Well, it's not the name. It's the address. Right. Yeah. The address, 409 <laughs> Money Street. And uh, and like I said, it's it's not a big deal. It's not like I'm going in there and teaching oh, anything on prophecy. On, I'm just going to go in. What are you and, speaking about? I'm, You know, just about being a Christian and about, you know, sowing seeds and harvest. So Well, at least you
0: know already. Yeah. Yeah. Some so. people... Everyone needs to hear that, Doug. It's well, a big sure. deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. So if you're in the Gladewater, East Texas area, and if you have to pick between Ivanhoe and Gladewater, I promise you'll want to pick Gladewater. <laughs> so uh, uh, if you need more information, I guess they can uh, email at com slash contact, uh, select minister, and that will get to Doug Norvell. All right, Doug, the red heifer, numbers 19, it explains the purification process, which is what... Uh, We've discussed already, and Israel 365 News came out with an article that's talking about how Christians are helping Jews search for the red heifer. And so that's what we want to share with you to start out. The Temple Institute, here it is, the Temple Institute has been working to reinstate the red heifer ceremony since 2015, and recently a pro-Israel Christian organization decided to help. The Temple Institute launched its red heifer program About a decade ago, but even in temple times, an animal that fulfilled the biblical requirements was exceedingly rare. Failing to produce a suitable candidate from ranchers in Israel, the Temple Institute began investigating alternative sources for a red heifer. Last year, the Temple Institute was contacted by a cattle farmer in Comanche, Comanche, Texas, who informed them that five red calves had been born on his ranch. About two and a half hours travel from Dallas. I've been there personally. Mm -hmm. Normally, calves are ear-tagged when just a few days old. But by remarkable coincidence, these five calves were not tagged. Yeah. This is sounding kind of miraculous. Right. (laughs) Coincidentally, all are female. Mm -hmm. Do they have to be female? Yes. Okay. Any blemishes disqualifies the calf, and a hole in the ear is just such a blemish The farmer explained that because of COVID, everything gets blamed on COVID these days. Yeah, it does. The employee who normally puts in the tags did not come to the farm when these five calves were born. A team of rabbis from the Temple Institute flew out to inspect the calves. The requirements are incredibly demanding, requiring that there be no more than two non-red hairs on the entire calf. Well, that seems like it's going to require a miracle anyway. Right. Do we know how many calves have actually been used in the history of the temples? I have no idea. I don't know if that's available in Scripture or in Jewish history. I don't know, but it sounds like it would be pretty rare. Mm -hmm. It must also never have been used for any labor or have been impregnated. The heifer must be two years and one day old to be suitable for the ceremony. Sometimes a calf that's perfectly uh, red when it is young develops black or white hairs as it grows older or may develop a blemish. Sometimes the colored hairs fall off or fall out or disappear. The Temple Institute decided to reinspect the calf at a later date. Let me just tell everybody,
1: too, just so they understand about the Temple Institute. Um, you know, the Temple Institute is, is in charge of this. They also, this is a location that we visit every year when we go to Israel. The Temple Institute, Uh, yeah. Yeah, we go to the Temple Institute. We go through the tour there and see everything. The Temple Institute has gotten all of the utensils needed for the temple when it's built. So they have everything that's required that they need, um, even a replica of the Ark of the Covenant. And so you can see all this. It's on display when you go there, and it's part of our Israel tour. Uh, but we have uh, been in communication with the Temple Institute for a very long time. Ever since uh, Pastor Baxter has been going there, mm. he's, he's had uh, you know communication with the Temple Institute and the people there. So very interesting that this is who's heading that up. I just kind of wanted everybody to know who the Temple Institute is as we go through this article because that's kind of important. They're the ones that are doing all the uh, preparation for
0: the third temple. All right. The article goes on to say two of the five untagged heifers were extremely close to passing. Does that mean they didn't pass? I would think probably so. One had a small white spot. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it was perfect. The other had some hairs that could be red or black. I mean, that sounds close enough, right? That's (laughs) what I'm thinking. (laughs) So the search continued. Apparently, it didn't pass. But Bona Israel, an organization that connects Christian lovers of Israel to the Holy Land, stepped in they're based in Texas. Bona Israel understood ranchers. They took out a full page ad in Ranchers Magazine explaining the situation to ranchers. They requested that any red calves be set aside. And Byron Stinson, who actually is a personal friend to Dave Robinson End Time at this point, mm-hmm. um, is a team leader in America for Bona Israel. Um, he says that, he didn't set out to do this, quote, but right now I'm probably the best red heifer hunter in Texas, It's <laughs> yeah. probably true. Yeah. The Bible says to bring a red cow to purify Israel, and I may not understand it, but I'm just doing what the Bible said. The prophecies came true, and the Jews are back in Israel. Now they need to build a temple, but it's like buying a really nice car. If you don't have the key, you aren't going anywhere. The red heifer is the key to making the temple work like it's supposed to. Byron had a unique understanding of the red heifer ritual, which purifies Jews for, for proximity to the dead. We are all living under the shadow of death, he said. We desperately need to be restored to life. In today's world, the red heifer is just to purify the Jews for serving in the temple as a house of prayer for all nations, but we all need it. So he's arguing that we all need this temple. Is that accurate? That sounds like what he's saying, that everybody needs that temple to be there. And what's our take on that, Doug?
1: Well, of course, our take on it is that, you know, we, we believe that we are the temple of God, that once you're born again, that, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit comes and, and fills us. And that is uh, the whole thing where Scripture tells us, do you not know that you are the temples of the living God? And so we, we believe that we do not need a physical temple as far as a Christian's view on things, but from a biblical perspective, we know that a temple is coming. We have scripture that we can prove that that's coming, so we know there's going to be a temple there, and um, and so if you look at it from that aspect, maybe the world does need it because for Jesus to come back, all this stuff has to fall into place. But
0: they don't need it to be born again, right? That's very clear. Yes, but according to the scriptures, there will be one. Absolutely. So we're looking for it, mm-hmm. but. More importantly, we want people to be born again. You can learn more about that at endtime.com slash reborn. Go there today uh, and read that uh, article that we have. The uh, The article goes on to say, Byron described the response of the ranchers, which has been overwhelmingly enthusiastic, as many of them are Bible believers. He did relate one rancher who contacted him about a newly birthed red calf. Uh, still before Byron could go check it out, the rancher recanted saying that his pastor told him it was forbidden to help Israel bring the redemption of the and the third temple. So we could have had one there apparently, but maybe it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, quote, but that doesn't happen too often, Byron said. There is a strong connection between Texas and Israel. Uh, Channon Kupitsky, an Orthodox Jewish resident of Ephraim, is the liaison between Bona Israel and the rabbis of the Temple Institute? He said, "The Jews don't need to be pure to build the temple or to bring the public sacrifices." Mm-hmm. Is he saying that they don't need a red heifer? Well, I mean,
1: based on that quote, it sounds like that. And we, you know, we talked about this before the program today. And We talked about Nehemiah building the walls around, you know, what would be the temple. Uh, nowhere that I know of does it talk about. Purification of him doing that because we know he was fighting at the same time he's building the wall because the Bible said that they would have to have a trial in one hand and a sword in the other, you know, to defend it. And so I, you know, I don't know exactly what that quote is referring to. I just know what Numbers 9, uh, Numbers uh, chapter 19, is it chapter 19? Chapter, yes, Numbers chapter 19. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't remember. Uh, says about the purification and what they need in order to go up there and, and to begin the rituals. And so uh, there is a purification that's needed there. This guy's a rabbi, so he knows more about it than I do, for sure.
0: So uh, he's saying the Jews don't need to be pure to build the temple. Mm-hmm. He's telling us the temple can be built without this red heifer unless I am... Totally misunderstanding this quote. Because then he goes on to say, on the other hand, purity mm-hmm. will take it to the next level and will facilitate rebuilding the temple and doing the service. So yeah. I don't know what he, We need to get a hold of this guy and get clarification. Absolutely. That would be great <laughs>
1: if we could get him on the show.
0: He says, education is essential to move forward for the Jews and non-Jews. Bona Israel is an Israeli organization whose main goal is education. Shannon pointed out that last year was um, the year five. 5781 5781 in the Hebrew calendar mm-hmm. in Hebrew numerology this is an acronym for it will be the year of the red heifer interesting
4: yeah the
0: cows we were are the cows we are looking at now were conceived last year yeah interesting stuff
1: yeah very interesting so um you know you can the thing about it, like like what I'm saying before, the thing that gets us excited about stuff like this is we're seeing so many things come together and so many things begin to happen uh, in Bible prophecy. And so when you're seeing things like this, uh, it just gets you excited because it just seems like we're getting one step closer uh, to Jesus coming back. And, and another really cool thing about it is we actually have connection to this gentleman here in Texas, that's helping look for the red heifer, mm-hmm. and and I like what he says about Texas and and Israel having a strong connection. You know, I remember when we were over there uh, back in 2017, Vince. We were coming back from uh, the Jordan River area, and there was an old well there, an old derrick like what we have here in the country, and it had an Amer um not an American flag, it had a Texas flag flying on top of that. And I said something to our guide. <laughs> about that. I said, why is there a Texas flag flying on top of this oil well? And he said it was a Texas company who came out and installed that, who found the oil, you know, helped us drill for the oil. And so they're a they're a company that Israel does business with. They're in Texas and they actually drill for oil here in Israel. So I thought that was really cool because we do have a connection and you know when you go to Israel, if you're familiar with Texas at all, the weather is very similar to Israel. It's kind of cool to think that the program the chosen that is about Jesus and and the calling of the disciples. It's actually filmed here in Texas because of the fact that it's open in a lot of areas but it's similar to Israel and the weather that they have here and they can add things into the landscape and look, make it look like we have, you know, the mountains and everything, the regions like that, but it's really cool. Um, because Texas is a lot like Israel as mm-hmm. far as the weather and the way things are. the uh, It's just really cool to see that correlation. So Texas may be the second promised land, maybe.
0: Hey, I, I feel that <laughs> way. I came here as quick as I could, 2007. Right. While I miss home and my family a great deal yeah. in Indiana, um, the Lord has blessed me in a great way. Yeah, here in Texas and I'm thankful to be able really to has. Yeah. live here but more thankful of all the experiences that I've had um, in the process. So I'm <laughs> thankful for Texas. Amen. <laughs> uh, well, we're coming up on a break, Doug. We don't have a lot of time to get to a, a lot more but we do have a number of calls and we will get to those on the other side of the break so we don't cut anyone off. In the meantime, we've, we've just gone over the red heifer and how there's a rabbi saying that Um, it's the year of the red heifer Mm -hmm. and that they don't need the red heifer to build the temple, but it'll help with the purification of the building of the temple. So, you know, maybe that's coming. Yeah. Uh, Maybe they'll move forward without it. I don't really know. But when this happens, we talked about a little bit uh, before, are we going to be taken up in the rapture before this can all start? Well, I can certainly say that, no, we're not going to
1: be taken up in the rapture now. Certainly say. Yeah. And you realize (laughs) how many people disagree with you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I can say that uh, we can prove it in Scripture. So we can do that when we come back from the break.
0: (laughs) Well, some people, yeah, I guess I'm about to ask you a question that you're not (laughs) going to have time to answer. So I won't do that to you. Uh, Do go to endtime.com slash 2X. we were able to meet... Our match campaign goal, thankfully, uh, to all of you generous partners out there, but we've left it open. If anyone wants to jump in and uh, contribute to that, it would be greatly appreciated. We had a partner generously match up to $50,000 um, through June, so that goal was met. We're thankful for that, but you can still give at endtime.com 2X.
2: Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, End Time events are happening around the world every day. Or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button.
0: Welcome back to End of the Age. Vince Siegel here with Doug Norvell. We do have open lines at 877-END-TIME. 877-363-8463. We'll be getting to the phones here in a second. Before we do, uh, Mary follows us on Facebook. You can follow us as well. Uh, Go to Facebook and search for End Time Ministries, and we will pop up there. Um, There's a couple hundred thousand people that follow us there, and you can too. She wants to know. uh, We were talking about how we will still be here for these events that we've been discussing. So she wants to know, uh, the, will the holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit will be removed, but we will still be here so she 's saying we 're talking about being here still, but if the holy Spirit 's removed, how could we still be here right so I mean there 's a lot of people that believe
1: that, and they believe that from a scripture it doesn 't say anything about the Holy Spirit. Uh, a lot of people believe that the scripture in second Thessalonians chapter two verse seven, where it says, "For the mystery of iniquity doth already work." Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. A lot of people think that that scripture right there, when it says he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way, they believe that that is the Holy Spirit. Okay? But the same people that believe this also believe that there will be tribulation saints. Uh, so my question would be for them, if there's no Holy Spirit during the tribulation, then how will anybody be saved? Because you can't be saved without the Holy Ghost. And um, the other thing is is that we, we believe that, that what that is talking about uh, is actually talking about uh, the time clock, the timing of God, what God, uh, when God allows that to happen, that's when it will happen and things will begin to take place. So here's another thing to think about. When the two witnesses come on the scene, they're on the scene during the Great Tribulation events, and they are going to be two men... Uh, who have a ministry for God and they're going to be witnessing for God, how are they going to be doing that without the Holy Ghost? How are they going to be leading others without being full of the Holy Ghost? Those two witnesses will be Holy Ghost-filled men that will be teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, some people say it's uh, Moses and Elijah. Right. And so, I, you know, there's a whole another Bible study there where we can prove that. So it's not um, Moses and Elijah. No, these are We're going, going to, have, to be here. Yeah, these will have so to be the two holy men. Yes, and the Holy Spirit will be here as well. Let Let me just show everybody because I made a statement. And I want to make sure that everybody understands. Now, most people who follow us every day would understand this, but the Lord tells us in Matthew uh, twenty four, starting in verse fifteen, that when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by uh, Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Then whosoever readeth, let him understand. So there's a key there. Okay. A lot of people say that what we'll get to in a little while, uh, that this is for the Jews only. But I want you to remember this, let uh, whosoever readeth, let him understand. Because the Jewish people do not read the New Testament. Uh, They don't believe in the New Testament. So this is speaking to people who will read this text. But... Along with that, then it says, "For uh, let those who be in Judea flee in the mountains." Goes through, you know, let them not go back to their housetop, and uh, you know, pray that you're not with child, and that your flight doesn't take place in winter or on the Sabbath. And then in verse 21, it says, "For then there shall be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no short, nor ever shall be." So that scripture right there is telling us that. The abomination of desolation, when the man of sin stands in the holy place claiming that he's God and to be worshipped as God, when that event happens, it triggers the great tribulation. Well, then it goes down into verse 29. Jesus says, And immediately after the tribulation of those days... The sun will be dark and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And verse 31, he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So it tells us right there that immediately after the tribulation of those days, that's when Jesus comes back and that's when he gathers us together with him. So you have to understand that the abomination and desolation that we know happens in the middle of that final seven years, that triggers the three and a half years of great tribulation that we read about, the time, times, and the dividing of time. And Jesus says at the end of that is when he returns in the clouds and gathers his people to him. So that same scripture that they were looking at before about uh, he who now letteth lets until he be taken out of the way. When you look at Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one through four, it tells you that the man of sin is going to be revealed before we are gathered together with Jesus. That scripture says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus and by our gathering together unto him. So there's the coming of the Lord and there's our being gathered to him, just like it says in Matthew 24, 29 through 31. And then it says that ye be not soon shaken in mind or trouble or neither by spirit nor by word nor by leather letter as from us. Uh, as the day of Christ is at hand, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there be a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above everything that is called God and is worshipped, so that he, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself to be God. So it tells you that we'll see that before we're gathered together with Jesus
0: at his coming. Sounds pretty plain to me. Man, that was a lot of talking there too. You made it plain. I don't <laughs> know how one could disagree, but there are a lot to do. Yeah. Hopefully um, that was eye-opening for some because so. we believe it's important that, um, that we're ready to go through those times. However, we have many people who follow us and who we're associated with that don't agree at all with this. Yeah, They totally believe the opposite of what we believe, and we still love them. We're still nice to them. Oh yeah, we don't go on Facebook and bash them in the comments. All right, we love them through it all because we're brothers and sisters, and we want to be together regardless of our perspective of this particular uh, instance in the Bible. And yeah. you know, we we say a lot here. We would love to be raptured before all this stuff happens. We just don't think that's what Scripture is saying. Amen. And so, if we are, we'll rejoice, and if we aren't, we will rejoice and encourage our pre-trib brothers and sisters that are now in the trib right we're not trying to be mad at you no all right we better get to the phones before we dig into more trouble um we'll see what happens darlene in pennsylvania darlene welcome to end of the age
4: hi there how are you
0: we are well how are you doing
4: i am well and i have two questions for you the first is uh, what is your reasoning for saying uh, that the next big prophetic or major prophetic event is either going to be the confirmation of the covenant or the war that kills a third of mankind? Um, you know, the Sixth Trumpet War. And then the second question is uh, something I'm a little fuzzy on. What is the difference between the covenant itself and then the confirmation of the covenant? I know i um, you know, read End Time for years and all that. And I know that there have been several times when um, Irvin thought that perhaps we were on the brink of the confirmation of the covenant, and for good, very good reason, due to certain things that were happening. But what is the difference between the covenant itself and then the confirmation of the covenant? I know it has to deal with the final status of Jerusalem, and it's going to usher in Daniel's 70th week. Um, but I will take my answer off there and I thank you guys for all you do.
0: Thanks, Darlene. God bless you. All right, Doug, she wants to know, why do we say well, what we call World War Three, the Sixth Trumpet War, or the Confirmation of the Covenant is the next big event? Right. And
1: so the reason why we believe that those two are, are the next two big events and they're kind of running head and head with each other there is because we believe that from Scripture we can prove that we uh, have already gone through uh, the trumpets to the fifth trumpet. So World War I was trumpet one, World War Two, trumpet two. Uh, Chernobyl nuclear disaster, trumpet three. Uh, the speeding up of time, the fall of the Berlin Wall, uh, all those things connected to uh, one-third of the day and one-third of the night, not giving its light, and God speeding up the days. Uh, the fifth trumpet being uh, the Gulf War, our... Uh, the uh, the war with Saddam Hussein because there's so many clues in there. We talked about some of them uh, in the past when we've talked about the trumpets a little bit. But um, anyway, we believe that we've been through all of those, and the next big uh, sounding trumpet will be that sixth trumpet. This war that kills one third of mankind, what we know as World War Three, and we see in scripture that that happens before we get to the point where the where the uh, revelation. 11 talks about the temple being built because Revelation eleven one and 2, John's told to measure the temple and the worshipers, the altar, everything, but not the outer court. So there's going to be a sharing arrangement there on that temple mount. Well, this war happens uh, either just before that, and that's what causes the peace agreement to get pushed through, or if the peace agreement were to happen first, we've had uh, several of the Muslim nations surrounding Israel saying that if they're ever allowed to worship on the temple mount, it will mean World War III. We've had the, uh, uh, we've had Hamas say this. We've had the Palestinian Authority say this, and we've had Iran say this. So um, those those two things are running neck and neck. Now, uh, the other thing that she asked was uh, the what's the difference in the covenant and the confirmation of the covenant? So the confirmation there in in uh, when you look that word up, what confirmation means is to agree with or to make stronger and so what we have right now it's an interesting thing and I've, I've talked about it before uh, on one of the programs we had where uh, Emmanuel Macron actually said that we needed to make the covenant that's there or the agreement that there is there already stronger and that's what that means to make it stronger or agree with and so um, they're already talking about that we've got the Abraham Accords Uh, that uh, the Trump administration had began to start. So uh, we have the Biden administration now. He's going there, what, uh, next, no, two weeks from now. I think the 13th through the 17th maybe is when he's scheduled to go there, Vince. Uh, Anyway, Biden is going to go out and he's going to work on uh, furthering this agreement, this uh, Abraham Accord. He's going to go to Saudi Arabia. He's going to speak with them. Uh, And we actually have uh, an article that we probably won't be able to get here today. Maybe uh, Dave will be able to get to it tomorrow. But uh, where they have talked about the things that they need to do in order to make this covenant work, make this peace treaty work. And the main goal of it is that they need to get the Palestinians and the Israelis to agree on peace. And so that's what the difference is. That covenant is God's covenant that he said Israel has a right to exist in that land. That's the covenant, that Israel can exist in that land, that they can be a nation in that land. But when the Antichrist comes, he will confirm it. He will make it stronger. He will agree with it. And he will build off of that, we believe. And so that's the difference between what the covenant is, Israel's right to exist, and what the confirmation of that covenant, agreeing with that or making it stronger.
0: So. Great job, Doug. Thanks. Hope that helped Darlene out. (laughs) Me too. Let's go to Melissa in Arkansas. Melissa, welcome to End of the Age.
5: Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a question about Daniel 12 and 12, uh, where it talks about the added days uh, to the um, tribulation or to the 70 weeks of Daniel. Uh, I heard Dave the other day, a couple weeks ago, he said that, Really Melissa, I'm have.
0: so sorry. I brought you on way too late. Did not see the time. We'll bring you back after the break so you can ask your question adequately. Uh, sorry about that. Do want to remind you that I'll be in Ivanhoe, Texas this Sunday and Doug will be in Gladewater, Texas. You can go to ntime.com slash events or you can email us at intimecom slash contact. Select minister there on the form. We'll be able to help you out with that. So we'll be right back with Melissa's question. Welcome back to End of the Age. Vince DeGall here with Doug Norvell. We have open lines at 877-877-363-8463. Before the break, Melissa was asking about Daniel 12.12, 12, which said, Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the 1,305 and 30 days. And Melissa, I had to cut you off before you could ask your question. I apologize about that, but welcome back to End of the Age.
5: Uh, yes, sir. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I, had some, I heard somebody ask Dave Robbins the same question, and uh, they were asking what was those extra days. And Dave said that he really didn't have a complete understanding of it, and I had been thinking about it for the last two weeks. And I got to looking into Israel's leap year, and they have seven leap years every 19 years, and uh, when they have a leap year, there is 13 months in that year and an extra 30 days added to it. And so I was just wondering with the extra, you know, the extra month added in those years that fall on leap years, is it possible that that's where we get those extra days in that two and a half? that three and a half year span it can still be three and a half years of that seven years but it could fall on a leap year which adds one more month or adds two more months depending on that seven-year period Mm
1: -hmm.
5: have you ever heard of that or
1: i have not ever heard of that uh, melissa i haven't ever uh, even looked at their calendar to see the leap years and things like that. I, you know, because of the fact that there's just not a lot of information there. Uh, all we can really do is speculate about it, and so anybody's speculation is just as good as the next person. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I suppose something like that could have something to do with it. We we have always kind of leaned toward the fact that this could be something to do with the timing of. Uh, the battle of Armageddon and how long it lasts. Uh, there, there are certain things that uh, Zechariah 13 tells us and Zechariah 14 tells us uh, to where we've looked at it to try to see if that could correlate with it. We just really don't know, and all we can do is speculate. And so, when when Dave made the comment that you know we really don't know, that's one of those places that's unclear to us at least at this point in prophecy. Now, hopefully, you know, as we pray and ask God to give us more and more information and more and more insight to things, maybe he'll reveal it to us a little better so that we can come back one day and say, look, we feel like the Lord's given us the answer to this. But at this point, uh, you know, that's just one of those things that all we can do is take a guess at. Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah, I understand. I was just... you know, triggered my curiosity a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago when he was talking about it, and I did start le- looking into uh, how many leap years that they have. And over a 19-year period, they have seven seven leap years during a 19-year period. Well, we're only looking at seven years mm-hmm. during that 70th week of Daniel, right. and it, uh, according to their leap year calendars, two can fall in there. So that would add, you know. 60 more days in that three and a half year period in that whole seven years that it, it could still end up being a three and a half year time frame and I just I thought that was interesting and it is maybe the Lord will show us more in the future.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and you make a great point it is very interesting and uh, it's one of those things that will pique my interest enough to get me to look into it so I appreciate
0: it Melissa.
5: All right thank you for taking my call.
0: All right thank you. All right, let's go to Jim in the truck. Jim, welcome to Into the Age.
7: Hey, Vince and Doug, how you doing? God bless you guys.
0: Doing good. well. How are you? Pretty good. I'm uh,
7: just wondering because they recently we talked on this. I think the show was about uh, when's the third temple going to be built. So I want to stick to that subject. The uh, The fact that they found the gihon spring just south of the alaska mosque and they're doing an excavation under there now i don't know if you're aware of that but the excavation is being done with aiba which is permanent that's pretty permanent so i think the 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 jews of that area a lot of them there's always a a, a mixed faction but a lot of the jews are already carving the stones to rebuild the third temple and that's not under occupation of the muslims so but I still think that the original temple was up on the Temple Mount. I believe that. I mean, I stood in the Dome of the Spirits. I love that. You know, and, and I remember Irvin telling me about it. So I just wonder what you think about that. I, I'm Actually, this is what I think. You tell me what you think. I think what they're doing with the i reinforced i beam under the City of David is maybe they're going to tunnel all the way in under the Alaskar Mosque, too, where they are going to rebuild the Third Temple. So what do you think about all this stuff?
1: Well... It's, it's interesting because, you know, there's been uh, debate. A lot of people have said that the temple could have actually been in the city of David. Well, that seems impossible. You've been there and you've seen what the city of David is like and how crowded and put together everything is in old Jerusalem uh, in, in that area where or I guess the Jewish quarter, uh, when you came down through there and saw where King David's tomb was and things like that, but, you know, I think to me, one of one of the most recent uh, things that they found that's interesting, and I don't know, I think after, when you went, I believe that you went after I did in 17, I believe. Uh, but the Gihon Springs actually feed into the Pool of Shalom. And so when they found the Pool of Shalom, uh, that's one of the ways that that water would come into that area. And because they found this new... Uh, the the highway there that goes up to the Temple Mount, what they call the Pilgrim's Road, uh, they discovered that, you know, and last time Dave was there, he actually got to go on a tour of this. Well, it actually leads from that Pool of Shalom all the way up to, uh, I believe, the uh, Robertson's Arch there and at the close to the southern steps of the Temple Mount. And so... If they if they're doing this and they're doing excavation, you know how Israel is and how secretive they are about things when they're doing stuff because the Palestinian Authority gets so angry if they find out they're digging anywhere. Uh, but you, they could just be fortifying that to, like you said, have access to those Gihon Springs.
7: That's what I, I, I thought that's what it was going to be is, and it might actually because they're really you know they're really pushing. They got the temple the, 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 the uh, Temple Mount people, they got that whole institution. They they are geared up and ready to go at a moment's notice. They dropped that cornerstone to the Temple Mount several times on a tractor trailer. And yes, they were sir. gonna put it up. I remember Irvin talking about that. And yeah. anyway I did I did go on the last trip with Irvin in twenty nineteen. It was great. Mm-hmm. But uh no, I'm telling you, for them to use I beams underground like that, this is not just an excavation. It's something more to the story. We're gonna be hearing about it. But yeah. God bless you in Jesus' name you guys and I I'll be in touch.
0: All right, thank you Sam. God bless you. You know, Doug, I love the idea of them tunneling underneath because I guess I'm a male and that kind of stuff intrigues me. You know, um, what's that old show with uh, Indiana Jones? Jones, You know, it's like that type of stuff. I love the mystery there. And also the fact that we know that as they dig down, they find historical sites. Right. And so, you know, many believe that temple ruins are there. Mm-hmm. From seventy A.D. underneath what is currently there, right. and so could the Ark of the Covenant be in there? Could whatever? Right. So I love the mystery there, but we also know that the Jews have tunneled under there many times, and yeah. maybe even are presently, and it creates quite the ruckus. Yeah, it does. They don't want them drill. Thr- they don't want them digging underneath there. No, uh, the the Arabs. Right, and so when they do that, it becomes a problem and they have to stop. And I don't know if they really stop or not. You know, who knows what they've got going on.
1: Yeah. And one of the really cool things, and I know you, did you go to the rabbinical tunnels when you were there? It was amazing. Yeah. It's incredible when you go through there and you see Mm -hmm. everything. They've even got, now they have a synagogue under there that they've, they've built in the area where that is. And so a lot of people, when that came out, a lot of people thought, oh, they've built a temple. It's not a temple. That's just a synagogue. Uh, it's a whole lot different than a temple. A synagogue is where they would just teach. Mm-hmm. It's it's not where they go to worship God. So uh, that was interesting because it caused quite a stir once everybody found out that there was actually like a synagogue under the ground there. Uh, but it's it's amazing. You're right. The history and the things that you get to see on that rabbinical tunnel uh, tour that you take to me I'm like you that sparks the little kid
0: in me cuz it's like man this is like Indiana Jones stuff so well yeah. that and you know you have stones the size of a semi yeah that are cut in you know to perfection mm-hmm. that there's no way i mean they didn't have a bulldozer Right. So was it a UFO? <laughs> you know, I like to think about all the options. Oh, but, yeah. You know, You're how, a whole
1: big old can of worms I know,
0: there. it's going to explode. <laughs> you know, I don't think it was a UFO, but right. um, people, <laughs> there's theories about this all over. Yeah, you sure. Know? How in the world could they move these massive rocks? Yeah. Um. And, you know, I've tried to move some stuff and put a log underneath it, and it kind of rolls. It's pretty amazing. But yeah. I don't know how they moved it. I wasn't there. But it's, it's very intriguing, and I love the idea of them drilling under there. Mm-hmm. who knows what they might find when they do. And Absolutely. Uh, but glad Jim brought that up. Yeah, that's really cool. Let's go to Eugene in New York. Eugene, welcome to End of the Age. Hello. Hi, Eugene. Hi, how you doing? We are well. well how are you?
5: Forgive me, my, I don't talk about what you're talking about, but is it possible... Now, one of the founding fathers was a time traveler. Of course, on the $20 bill, if you fold it the right way, you can see the Twin Towers blowing up. On this side, there's a Pentagon blown up.
0: Yeah, so was one of the founding fathers, were they what? What's he saying, Doug? You know, I, I didn't catch that part.
1: Was, was the founding fathers, what was your question about them?
5: When they one of them
4: the ones that
5: made one world order on a dollar bill on the top of right bottom
1: of the wall, um, she and I on the pyramid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was she a time traveler? A time traveler. Oh, a time traveler. Okay, I see what yeah. you're saying.
0: Well, I, because the because when you fold the the is it the twenty I think it's the twenty dollar bill a certain way. It looks like it looks the like twin the towers are burning, burning, which yeah, I've seen is i 've a very interesting thing yeah um, i don 't believe the founding fathers were time travelers i don 't think so um, you know i mean the the whole thing
1: eugene uh, you know i mean we we will stick to bible prophecy. And, and look at the scriptures to determine what we understand about what's going on in the world, what's going on with these articles. And so, you know, sometimes we'll hear theories like that. We really don't even pursue down those roads just because of the fact that there is so much prophecy that's happening. It's, it's hard for us to get on here and talk about anything else. We want to make sure that we're always speaking the truth of the Word of God to people. And so uh, when we get questions like that, it's just real hard for me to, to go into anything like that, even though I've seen the the bill folded up and it is interesting and all that, but because I don't have scripture that talks about any of that, time travel, 100%. UFOs, or anything like that, we just try to stick to the scripture so that we can help people understand the times we're living in and how important it is that they know Jesus and that they're born again.
0: Thank you for your you call, Eugene. God bless you. We always love to hear from you. Uh, you know, Doug, I really get into that stuff because... Like I said, I like mystery, Yeah. Um, but I don't know anything about Founding Fathers being time travelers or how to talk about it just like you. But I like to experiment and see, or, or rather um, research and, and read about all that stuff. So It's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> all right, Doug, we're running out of time quickly. Yeah. The Red Heifer, the Coming Peace Treaty, the Temple Mount, mm-hmm. it's important because we're going to be here for it. Right. We believe that's conclusive in the Bible. We won't be raptured out of here. Mm-hmm. And it appears to be right on our doorstep. How do we respond? Yes,
1: well, we respond by just, you know, like we said before, you want to make sure that you're right, uh, that you've done everything you can to get your name in the Lamb's Book of
0: Life. And that means you need to be born again. Go to endtime.com slash reborn. It's far more important than where you believe the rapture is happening. So check that out today. We'll see you tomorrow at 3 p.m.